0: Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode 33, which we are recording on Saturday, April 6th, which is a bit behind schedule due to spring break. And we also are recording in my car, so please excuse any ambient noise. (laughs) I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And this is our spring break week with our families, so our children have been home, life has been a little bit hectic and hard to record, so we apologize for being a bit behind schedule and the strange recording (laughs) area. All will be well. And before we begin, I did want to thank the person who gave us a donation. Thank Um, you very much. I didn't ask your permission to use your name on the air, so I'm not going to do so, but thank you very much. We appreciate
1: it so much because we have been at the point where we were thinking about asking for donations or taking on sponsors and nothing has felt really right to us yet so we just we haven't worked that out
0: yes so thank you so much for the donation that was unexpected and greatly appreciated and very fun too yes oh my gosh how exciting
1: (laughs) Okay, so Charlene, what are you wearing? I am wearing a sweater called the Ballet Wrap Cardigan by Katie Ryan. It was originally published in the Winter 2005 Interweave Knits. I looked online and the pattern is also available as a single purchase pattern download from Interweave and let's see i knit it in december of 2005 to january of 2006. that is pre-ravelry and so is there such a thing i know this was (laughs) pre-ravelry so i was surprised pleasantly surprised to see that 73 projects were listed on ravelry i don't know how many were were knit pre-ravelry but mine certainly was and mine is knit in manos mono del uruguay yarn and in a multicolored i did not look up the number but it's a multicolored reds got a little bit of orange brown purple it sounds yeah, a the little sip color it's really yeah, pretty it sounds a little crazy it's not as crazy as it sounds right. but
0: <laughs> it's it looks very, very cohesive to me.
1: yeah yeah and it wraps as the name implies and it has a very long Belt that you wrap around twice, and you can belt it in the front or belt it on the side. Ribbed at the waist, v neck front, ribbed cuffs. Added. I really like it. It's yeah. simple but
0: very um, timeless.
1: Yeah, you and can I wear that forever. I believe it was the cover sweater of that issue as well. Good memory. I think so. And the original yarn called for was not monos, but it works really fine with mine and of course I was trying to figure out if the yarn had but when I put it on this morning I knew I was going to talk about it I was looking at the sweater and I was thinking oh it's really held up really well and of course once I looked in the mirror I noticed a bunch of pills (laughs) (laughs) but it you know the sweater it's several years old so it has I think the yarn has held up really well remarkably well. I know that there are people who are really hesitant to make sweaters in this single-ply type construction that this yarn is. But this one has held up really well. And it might be because I've knit it tight enough so that it doesn't pill. It, I mean, don't get me wrong. It certainly pills a bit, but not super pilly. So, Have I've you ever shaved it, with it, or
0: is that its original state? I
1: have probably plucked it. Okay. Yeah, it looks really good. <laughs> I haven't good. pulled out an actual shaver and shaved in a long time. I tend to just pluck them. <laughs> See, because that sweater is
0: going on almost 10 years old, and it certainly doesn't look old. I mean, it looks like you knit it this year to me.
1: Yeah, so I'm still pretty happy with it. still wear it.
0: How about you, Gail? What are you wearing? I was wearing Fuse, but I took it off because it's really (laughs) warm in my car, but I Previously to Getting Too Warm was wearing my Fuse sweater by Veronique Avery. I got a really cute pair of pants on sale at The Gap three months ago for like $5. Yay,
1: sale! I know, (laughs) and
0: I haven't worn them in those three months, and I decided today, I'm going to see Charlene, and she's always dressed really cute. So I'm going to wear these pants today, and then I realized they're much better with a sweater that kind of covers most of your butt because of where (laughs) the pockets are. So... I was looking in the closet and thought Fuse would be perfect yes. for this. so
1: Fuse is a good spring sweater. It is. Because it's not super warm, but you get good coverage with it. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those sweaters that if, if on spring days here, at least it can go, it can vary by 20 degrees in the morning to the afternoon. Yeah, today it did. Yeah. So it, it can be chilly and you can wear the cowl up. When it's really chilly and then yep. wear it open when it gets warmer. So.
0: Yeah, and I did... I failed to say it's by Veronique Avery, I think. No, you
1: didn't Did you I did say, it? say Good. that? Yeah.
0: And it is an open work lace pattern that you can close it and it has a cowl neck with a really unique and fun closure. And you can wear it open front and then it has the drapey fronts. And it's long sleeve and it just, because of the open work lace, gives some ventilation to it. So. Yeah.
1: And it was... A really unusually constructed knit. It was a fun knit. I enjoyed it a lot. So did I. It was fun, yeah. That's definitely the word for it. Yeah, after
0: Charlene (laughs) knit hers, I thought the pattern was pretty enough, of course. But once she knit hers, I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to have one of those. So, yeah, I love my fuse.
1: Yeah, we'll put links to those because that continues to be one of my favorite sweaters as well. So that's what we're wearing. What are you stalking lately? I am still stalking... Those two-color shawls. Yeah, I. You know, I'm... But neither of us have cast one on you. How silly is I'm that? I'm just... I'm stalled out by indecision. I don't know <laughs> which way, which one to make, and then all during... This interim between podcasts, every couple of days, I know I've been texting Gail and saying, Okay, now I'm considering this one. Now I'm considering (laughs) this one. You know, so that's what kind of a crazed friend I am. I'll just text you random names for patterns. How about this? How about that? Then I get it. I get (laughs) it. (laughs) Of course you do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I, of course, instantly have to go check it out and see and give my opinion and stock my own stash and see how I could knit it. Yeah. The colors I have.
1: So the latest one I am considering is called the Daybreak Shawl by Stephen West, which is not a new pattern. It was originally published in August of 2009, and there are 4,000 plus projects on Ravelry. Is that all? That's all. That's that's (laughs) quite a bit, you know? And I have, I actually have the pattern for this. I've purchased... The physical pattern as opposed to the digital pattern at some point, I can't even remember when, I I have the paper pattern.
0: You said you cast it on not January 1st of this year, but January 1st of 2012, right? And didn't like the yarn, so you've had that pattern for a long time.
1: That was a different shot. Oh,
0: that wasn't Daybreak? No, I think
1: that might have been Boneyard. Oh, okay. I was confused. Sure. Too many Stephen Rush dolls <laughs> for me to keep them all straight. But of the 4,000 plus projects that are on Ravelry, there are, of course, lots of variations in yarn weight. The pattern itself is written in three different sizes so that you have a size choice to make as well. And there are many different versions that are made with yarn scraps, which is part of my reason that I keep thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't make it with two nice new <laughs> oh, you bits of, your stash of yarn, or two nice new skeins of yarn. Maybe I should just purchase one color and then, because some people have striped in variations of colors and it looks really nice that way too. Oh. So, I'm, I'm still looking at two-color shawls, still stalled out by my own indecision. I don't well, know.
0: And as you discuss two-color shawls, there's a brand new one that just came out over the last two days or so that mm-hmm. showed up in my recommend into the Ravelry pattern recommendations and I'm trying to pull it up right now (laughs) so sorry for all the squeaking you may have heard in the car (laughs) as I tried to find my iphone okay it's called Firehawk and let me open it it's by Heather Zappetti and I probably mispronounced her name it's really pretty you start out with one color at the top I believe it's top down I could be mistaken I have not purchased the pattern but you start with one solid color at the top then it goes into two color stripes and then it goes into the second color so obviously you start with one color you start the two color stripes stripes color Color b is at the bottom and it's lace at the bottom but color a continues cables throughout the whole um vertically through the shawl it's really really pretty i really like the construction it's Kind of like a daybreak in the hmm. combination of yeah, stripes, a little yeah. bit, but it has some really cool additions to it. So, okay, so Firehawk,
1: I am still sorry stalking. to add another That's one. <laughs> okay, I am still stocking two color shawls. People, I am open to suggestions. The other thing I am stocking is <laughs> this one's kind of funny. It's a pattern. That's no, I take that back. It's not a pattern. It's a photo that has been around the web for a couple of years, as far as I know. But for some reason, it's been pinned on Pinterest a lot within the last week. And you may have seen this. If you haven't, take a look at the show notes, and I'll put a link to it. It's a toy hedgehog knitting needle holder. Really? (laughs) Oh, that sounds cute. It's really cute. So you make this stuffed hedgehog and then you poke your knitting needles into it for the hedgehog spines. Oh, And I have been seeing it all over, like I said, for the last week. Although, originally, I think I saw the photo a couple years ago. So it's probably one of those cyclical photos that
0: goes around and
1: gets popular every couple of years. So I don't think or I don't know if there is an actual pattern for the photograph that I have seen but there are lots of hedgehog patterns out there. So, so is it a knit hedgehog? It's I think it might be crochet. Oh, okay,
0: how neat.
1: Yeah. And I think I don't I, I could knit one or crochet one. I wouldn't have a preference, but you just I assume that you would need to use a stitch that is loose enough over the back of the hedgehog stick so that through. you could poke your needles in. And right. I know that there's a very popular felted hedgehog pattern out there, which obviously wouldn't work for this because you couldn't be stabbing yeah. needles <laughs> through felted <laughs> fabric. So, But I was at my parents' this past week, and my mom really liked the hedgehog needle holder photo that I showed her so that might be a gift idea oh for there you go oh good Shh, idea don't tell her <laughs> she doesn't listen right no okay. i don't think so my mom she...
0: listens at least occasionally so i can yeah i, can't, I, can't I know she like
1: i know she has listened in the past but i don't think she keeps up with it okay. regularly and then the third thing that i have been stalking is a new pattern by Hohi Locatelli called (laughs) Imagine When. It is a triangular shawl knit on the bias sideways using short rows. I don't have the pattern yet so I can't comment exactly on the construction but I was just drawn to this shawl immediately. I think it was another instance of me texting mm-hmm. Gail and me saying, oh I love this pattern. If I had the yarn, I would cast on today. And I didn't have the yarn, and I still don't have the yarn, but I I would love to cast on today.
0: <laughs> it's really a pretty shawl. A couple of my online Ravelry friends have
1: already knit it. Oh, really? it's really pretty when it's, it's finished. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It just, it's kind of divided geometrically into different sections with looks like yarn overs in the picture. Yeah I'm pretty sure it is. And it just it's just gorgeous. I really love it and the sample for the pattern is knit in this dark blue I think it is almost a almost a purpley dark blue and it just looks like a nighttime sky a beautiful nighttime sky and the yarn overs kind of look like a star pattern or kind
0: something. Kind of. huh? Oh. I didn't even think of I that. Really, they kind of do. yeah. yeah.
1: I, I really like that one and it requires 500 yards fingering which is why I didn't cast on immediately because I most of my fingering white skeins are a little bit shorter than that so I didn't have anything immediate that I could think of so I'm gonna have to kind of watch what yarns people are using and see if they really do use the full 500 or if it uses less than 500.
0: Yeah, because when I was looking at it and saw 500 yards of fingering, I remembered the beautiful skein of Swan's Island fingering that Spiky Sandy sent me as a gift in the beetroot colorway ah. and it's just over 500 oh, yards in a skein go. so that may become an imagine when shawl yeah
1: i think yeah, it will because a lot of the yarns that i have are a little bit less yeah so i don't know if i'd really need to break into that second skein it's just that the yarn that ho used for her sample happens to come in, in a 500 product. yard skein yeah but you know how that goes sometimes you don't use the whole amount exactly not everybody um writes exactly how much they yarn they've used and gail and i will hopefully comment on that later but the yarn weight really helps us pick yarns
0: yeah for sure exactly how many grams you other people have used on their projects it's helpful for us definitely when we're planning a project like that that has a somewhat unusual yardage based on normal skein sizes and i've been meaning to say this on our podcast for the last several episodes he is having a knit along in her ravelry oh, group yes. her spring knit along and it's for any one of her patterns so imagine when would qualify it does end may 1st but most people can knit a shawl between now and may 1st right, right. so i've been meaning to let you all know that okay how about you what are you stocking i am stocking two brand new sweater patterns and i happened to be able to see little glimpses of the test knit of the first one which is named rousseau and that's by hannah msijewska who is hada h-a-d-a on ravelry i think i don't remember what her design shop name is sorry Mm. i can't i didn't write it down but this sweater is really pretty it's a cardigan i believe it's top down and she has a set in sleeve construction so it's knit in one piece in a unique way and it's long sleeve and it has pretty little eyelidy lace looking things at the front bottoms and along the back and my friend inez who is edler 007 on ravelry has knit two so she was a test knitter She knit one in a beautiful green and one in Floral Rose. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. And the one she did in Floral Rose, she modified it to have the eyelet pattern along both the entire length of the button band along the front. And I am going to shamelessly copy that modification (laughs) because it's so pretty.
1: Pretty.
0: I've already purchased the pattern and it's 20% off for a limited time. And I have some Madeline Tosh DK Twist yarn in the windowpane colorway that is going to become that sweater. And hopefully I'm going to be doing a little knit along with my friend Hannah who is Breathe and Smile on Ravelry because she and I both were repeatedly asking Inez and Karen, when does the pattern come out? When does the (laughs) pattern come out? When does the pattern come out? So I have to finish some things on the needles, but that is in my near future. And the other new sweater I am stocking is named Marion, and that's by Andy Satterland, who is the same designer of the Miette cardigan. Oh, okay. I, knit. I knew I recognized yep. the name. This is another cropped button front cardigan, top down in worsted weight yarn. So a very quick knit because Miette was a quick knit. This is similar to Miette, but it has a little bit deeper of a v neck. It has a pretty cabled pattern along the front. Instead of me, it had an open lacework motif along the fronts. And it does have three quarter sleeves again. And I actually have some and Company Lark in Lupine, which you're going to love. It's a beautiful mm. purple. I forgot to bring a skein to show you. I got that on a stash for an excellent price. Mm. So that is going to become a Marion. And I'm really excited about that pattern, too. It's really pretty. It'll be perfect for spring or even summertime mm-hmm. mornings and evenings here. Yeah. And I found that, I believe I was saying when I knit Mia, that it's an experiment for me because... I didn't know if I was going to like cropped sweaters on myself, Right. but I find that I pull Miette out of my closet more than anything else when it's kind of a between weather yeah. day because it fits, it's a little bit big because it was made for someone a little bit bustier than I am, but it works with almost everything I own, yeah, so I really nice. like it. I tend to wear like longish t-shirts that you wear down past, well past your waist. And the cropped sweater with that look is the really, cute. Look. Yeah, I love it it. really cute. Yeah, it looks really cute. I agree. So more crop sweaters will be in my future, <laughs> and Marion yeah. will be the first next crop sweater. I'm looking and forward to both of those, the and they have both been released.
1: The bonus of crop sweaters, less yarn.
0: Yeah, and faster fewer stitches. Kni- <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's almost like knitting a baby sweater. <laughs> I mean, not quite. Baby sweaters should probably quite, go faster. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really excited about both of those new patterns, and. Like I said, Rousseau, I'm going to do in Madeline Tosh, which was another, I have a note here in my show notes, to mention another knit-along that's coming. It's the Mad May knit-along. So for the month of May, if anyone is interested, go visit the Madeleine Tosh Lovers Group in Ravelry. There are a lot of themed knit-alongs where it's for a specific pattern. But then again, there are a lot of general knit-alongs. So anything you might knit is going to fit into one of those categories if you have a love of Madeline Tosh and wanted to have some fun knitting along in May.
1: Okay. So, that's what I'm (laughs) stocking.
0: What are you knitting?
1: I am knitting a couple things. I have finished most of the body of my entangled cardigan. Yay! Which is the pattern by Alana Dacos that we talked about when we reviewed the book Botanical Knits on our last episode 32. And in my show notes, I had written that I still need to shop for buttons on this one. But right before we recorded, Gail (laughs) and I went to the local fabric store. And I found
0: buttons. She so had a gold, she like struck gold on buttons
1: today. <laughs> I did. I actually bought buttons for a future sweater as well, which I'll talk about another time. But for me, if you knew the way that things go for me, buttons are usually my hang up and usually causes the sweater to sit around much languish. longer. <laughs> to sit in Languish. That's the perfect word. Usually causes my knitted objects to sit around and languish. But the Entangled Vines is so gorgeous. I can't wait to wear it. It is also perfect for the season right now because it's not as cold as it was a month ago. And it's a little bit, um, sleeves are a little bit shorter and I just, oh, I can't wait to wear it. I got buttons that are fairly matching to it so hopefully i'll be finishing
0: that quickly she kept asking if i thought they were too matchy matchy matchy, (laughs) but they're somewhat transparent so yeah they're beautiful
1: they they look gorgeous they pick up the underlying color yeah yeah, yeah, exactly in a
0: really beautiful way with just enough
1: sparkle they're gonna look gorgeous yeah absolutely (laughs) so let's see the other or the other project that I'm working on and it's in my hands right now is the Walpole cardigan and that is by Hannah Fettig and this pattern was originally published in June of 2012 so almost a year ago I was wondering that this morning yeah how long have I have been wanted... planning exactly I have been wanting to knit this sweater since the pattern came out and it is knit in a fingering weight yarn and it's a fairly drapey cardigan, so there, there's a lot, there's of, a fabric lot of fabric, yeah. yeah. But I'm having so much fun knitting this one, even though there are these large areas of stockinette stitch. It's just comfort knitting for me. And I've been going back and forth on my rows, finished the body up to... The armpits. It is knit bottom up, and now I am working on the sleeves. I am knitting mine in Drops alpaca yarn, which, which is, is so soft. Oh my goodness, so soft and such a lovely yarn. Such a lovely yarn. Gail and I had never seen this yarn in person until stitches last year, and then we both said, "Oh, I we really want to knit something out of that." And I didn't have any locally available and you guys know that i hate to buy yarn sight unseen but i did find some on sale at a website and so i decided that i couldn't let it pass at that price (laughs) and i actually bought enough for two sweaters and i'm so happy that i did because ah I just love it. I'm sitting here and I'm holding my sleeve and yes. I just love it. Love knitting with this. It's a hundred percent alpaca. So it's a little different fiber than the, well it, it is a different fiber than the sample was knit, which knit with, which was knit in wool. But because the sweater is so drapey and loose i think knit in 100 percent alpaca is going to work just fine yeah i think so too and i'm steaming the fabric as i go because alpaca does change with wear and with washing and i even though i did wash a swatch you can never tell how a sweater is going to stretch it's always going to stretch more than a swatch so, I can't wash it as I knit it, but I do know that I'm steaming it fairly aggressively to get it really wet, and then I'm kind of stretching it out a little bit to measure as I go. So I'm really happy, and she's really smoking on that one too because it seems
0: like you didn't cast it on that long ago, and you've already knit a, the body to the underarms, and that's a lot of knitting. I mean, it is a lot of knitting. Fronts and yeah, it's a lot of yeah. of
1: it. Yeah. But like I said, that's my comfort knitting. I can just sit down and go on that. So I'm really enjoying this one. So those are my knits. What about you, Gail? What are you knitting? Well,
0: little Miss Crazy over here. I somehow managed to let myself cast on for three sweaters, knitting (laughs) three sweaters at the same time, which is kind of crazy making for me because (laughs) I don't like having lots of big projects on the needles at the same time, but I just was transfixed by a new pattern that I just couldn't not cast on. (laughs) Couldn't not cast on. (laughs) Exactly. I just couldn't not do it. I had to do it. So I have several friends to thank for that too. The pattern is called Gilet Valerie. It's by a French designer named Carol Francon and translated that means Valerie Cardigan. It is a cably delicious cardigan that has long sleeves, toggle front closures, a hood with a tassel that is like my favorite part of the whole (laughs) sweater, and pockets and all the elements of a sweater that I love and I've had that giant lot of Cascade 220 tweed natural. She's
1: had yarn in stash, folks, and she's using yarn from stash. I'm using stash Stash yarn, I know. Awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. But the pattern came out, and it was only in French, and my Francophone friend, Maggie, who is online as, I always forget the exact initials, but if you go look at the projects for this pattern, She is Maggie, and she's knitting it in a purple yarn, I want to say. And she translated the pattern. In the process of translating, she pinged some of our friends, Shannon and Carol. Carol did the Orania knit along with me. And said, you know, these numbers just aren't working for me. And they, all three of them, cast on for the sweater (laughs) while she was translating to work out the bugs in the sweater. So she not only translated, but they basically made sure the numbers were accurate. And the three of them were chatting about it online and I insinuated myself (laughs) into the middle and said, Can I please knit it with you? And they said, heck yeah, come on. So I cast on for it and I've knit it all the way almost to the underarms. And I was looking at my coffee table and I had three sweaters that were all three almost to the underarms. And the thought of knitting you're super speedy too. Well um, Valerie is a worsted weight sweater, so it goes pretty quickly. Mm, so it quickly. goes
1: fast, yes.
0: But the idea of having to knit six sleeves, oh. totally froze me. And now, I thought, are the <gasps>
1: sleeves knit flat, no-seamed, or they're all knit in the
0: round? Oh. They're all knit in the round. And for Valerie, the sweater is knit bottom up. It is in one piece until you get to the underarms, and mm-hmm. then you split for the back and the fronts. Mm-hmm. And The sleeves are knit in the round from the cuff up, and then they're seamed at the end. Mm. And then you pick up sleeves for, well, there are some live stitches, and then you pick up some stitches to knit the hood from the neck up. And there's not too much left to say about that. Okay. It has ribbing along the fronts, so that's where the toggle button closure or toggle closures will be. Mm-hmm. It's really just a really cute 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 sweater. Mm. If you're thinking of knitting it, do beware, look at the schematic. It has a lot of negative ease. I am using a worsted weight instead of I think it calls for a heavy worsted or bulky even and I wanted to use my Cascade for it, so I am knitting the medium instead of the small because my gauge was a little bit smaller, so I went to the bigger size. But with the negative ease, I may have done that any, well, no, if I was knitting it in a bulkier yarn, I would have done the smaller. But just be aware that it has a lot of negative ease for this kind of sweater. And there's a lot of ribbing in it, so I think it will be very forgiving that way, Mm -hmm. but just a heads up. So that's the first thing I'm knitting with my awesome friends. Super, super fun. Second thing I'm knitting is still the Autumn's End Pullover by Alana Dacos from the Botanical Knits Collection. And I had been up to the underarms when I cast on for Valerie. And then two nights ago I said, oh, got to do some sleeves. So I started the sleeves for Autumn's End knit one full sleeve and it's a little bit tighter than I want it to be, that sweater has a lot of positive ease. Mm. And the cast on number for the cuff, you knit that from the cuff up in the round, the cast on number was huge for my teeny little wrists. (gasps) And I was looking at it and I asked my husband, I said, how big around do you think my wrists are? And he's like, maybe six inches, maybe. And the cast on, it would have just, swallowed up my whole hand so i modified it by casting on fewer stitches and then i had to figure out how to do the increases to get it up where it needed to be to join it to the body and i i did the increases too infrequently on the first sleeve so the second sleeve i did the increases sooner and i'm two rows away from finishing that second sleeve i tried to get it done before i left to record but so i couldn't now you quite have do to it knit
1: a third sleeve
0: exactly <laughs> i have to knit i have to pull out the first out sleeve the two, down to a yeah, certain point yeah. and then restart it knitting or doing the increases more frequently
1: you know that's what i did on this wall pole because they the sleeves for the wall pole as written are pretty much knit with the same stitch count at the wrist as you end up with at the top of the arm.
0: Oh, and you have much smaller
1: So it it's than meant to biceps look too bell like a, like a bell sleeve. And if you have the same number of stitches because your arm is so much thinner down here it tend it looks like a bell sleeve. Okay. But I still took I still cast on fewer fewer stitches because once I either soak this or steam it out it's going to still look felled on me, but I just didn't want it dragging through things. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, and I wanted the positive ease in the sleeve. I just didn't want... A gargantuan As, right. sleeve at
1: I, the bottom of I my arm. I completely understand. Yeah.
0: yeah, so that was the modification I did, and other than the fact that I didn't increase often or soon enough, I'm really happy with how the sleeves look. They're beautiful. The yarn, the pattern combination. This pattern is so much fun to knit. I really am enjoying this.
1: That's the way I feel about Walpole.
0: Yeah, it's just like happy knitting. Yeah, and
1: yeah. there's Comfort no knitting. yeah, and there's no
0: <laughs> there's no doubt about whether I'm going to like it, you know, some sweaters you knit and they're kind of a mystery if it's going to look good or I just feel so good about this sweater. I feel really
1: good about this one too.
0: Yeah. I'm super happy with autumn's end. So hopefully by the next recording that will be done because as soon as my second, as soon as my third sleeve, we should say is finished, (laughs) I will be joining the body to the underarms. And then all I have to do is knit up and the stitches of course decrease at that point. So it should be, fairly quick work to finish that sweater. And the third thing I'm knitting is still the boxy pullover by Hohi Locatelli. That's what you're and knitting right that's now. That's what I'm knitting right this second and I've actually made a lot of progress on this this week because um, doing different things with the kids like I took them to the boardwalk yesterday and I don't like to go on scary rides right. because I'm a big whip <laughs> so when they're on the in the lines and that's, on the scary rides I'm just sitting there knitting. It's beautiful, It's Gail. so pretty. This is the oh rustic gosh fingering by neighborhood fiber company it is one of the prettiest yarns i am so 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 happy with it and look how good it looks with these pants too yes my the pants i got on sale at the gap are like a hot pink of course and my yarn is a magenta with plum plum Plum. okay plum with with um Tonal variation in the purples. And it looks good with almost everything. It's yeah, awesome.
1: It's really pretty.
0: Yeah, and I'm almost to the point where I separate this for the fronts and the back. The pattern calls for 16 and a half inches of body. But my torso, I've determined, is shorter than most people's. So oh. I'm going to do less body yeah. than the pattern calls for. So I'm almost to that point, And this is so 100% gonna,
1: stockinette. Is it going to be tunicky length or no, shorter? No, shorter. shorter. Okay. Yeah, definitely shorter.
0: Um, because it's so drapey, I really didn't want it to be drapey all the too, way past my long. butt. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> so, yeah, it will be just about top of my hip level is okay. what I'm aiming for. Yeah,
1: that'll be super cute. So, yeah, I'm
0: really excited. And this one, the sleeves are also knit in the round, but the sleeves are short because they're the tight sleeves at the elbows. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it is... Dolman, big, boxy, as the name implies. So I don't really know how close I am to being done with this. I don't so think I'm that close.
1: But... Are the sleeves knit separately and then yeah. joined or knit down? Well, no, down?
0: they're knit down. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I have to look at the pattern again. I
1: haven't even read through it. So.
0: Yeah. But I'm happy to have this one remain on the needles for a while because it is just straight it's up stockinette. So I can do it with yeah, anything. Yeah,
1: it's perfect to carry around with you. Yeah, and
0: phone knitting or right. car knitting yeah. or... You know, it works for anything. Plain munchkin knitting. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's great for that. So I'm really, really happy with the progress. And Charlene and I were just strategizing potential future yarn purchases for our <laughs> sweaters and talking about different single-ply fingerings. And she, her, the store her, where she works, the Swift Stitch, just received a gigantic Madeline Tosh order. And I refrained from buying anything. I was so proud of myself. And I was thinking, <laughs> I want to knit the Vitamin D by he- Heidi Kiermaier. yeah. And I think I'm going to order more of this rustic fingering for that sweater. Not in the same color. I'll probably do the walk circle turquoise that I got for Sarah. Hi, Sarah. (laughs) But, yeah, I'm just in love with this sweater. Mm -hmm. So those are the three sweaters I'm knitting. And hopefully, by the time you hear from me again, at least one will be done, if not two, so that I'm not going insane. (laughs) Because I have no small projects on the needles right now. That's it.
1: I Well, I have one thing that I've finished that is a small project and that is the TGV shawl. That's the only small project I've been working on. Oh, nice and to, you, you forgot heard, to bring it to show me. I did. And you've heard me talk about that one the last couple of podcasts. It's just a simple crescent shaped shawl. I think the pattern is great for a beginner. You could make it into a, I think last time I said it was a medium shawl, but it's smaller than I thought. I'm kind of, I, okay. I think I'm a little mistaken in that. It's actually a, what they call a chalette, which when, I don't know what the actual classification for chalette is, but I kind of consider a chalette to be something that you might choose to wear as a scarf. That's how I always wear my
0: shawls. Yeah, I
1: think I tend to too. Maybe I do that even with big ones. So maybe that's not a perfect classification for chalette, but it's kind of a, a smallish one now that I've blocked it out and i can see the actual size which is not a negative about it it's it's it turned out beautifully and i love the ruffled edging and i think it's a great project for begin. and that's Yay. the only thing i have finished have you finished anything
0: yes i have actually i finished my ale wives cow which is a pattern by elizabeth daughtry who is blue bee studios on ravelry and i've talked about the cow several times on the last two episodes Love, love, love Mm -hmm. the finished object. This colorway of Miss Babs, I'm so sad that they, it was a one off, so she Mm -hmm. calls it a Babette color because she's not reproducing it. I wish she was because I would buy a sweater quantity of this for sure. It turned out, the colors are just spectacular. Very difficult to catch on film or digitally, so my project pictures, it almost looks as good in real life, or the pictures almost look as good as real life, but not quite. So, super super happy with that cow and how it turned out. I've already worn it several times. And I did finish two hats that I forgot to write down in my notes. I finished a Lucy hat and I finished a Poppy. And oh,
1: okay.
0: Is Lucy by Karina Spencer?
1: I believe so. That's the one with the colored band. Right. It's the cloche yeah, that you
0: knitted I think in DK that's twist. Karina
1: Spencer. Right. Yeah. And
0: Poppy I believe is by Justine Turner. Poppy right. is a free pattern and lucy is from an interweave knits within the last year i want to say there were a lot of them knit but i knit these for someone going through chemo the lucy hat is for the woman going through chemo and the poppy is a stylish but not exactly matchy matchy one for her four-year-old daughter so they both i used the merino stretch yarn after our last podcast you said what a great hat yarn it is you are not kidding I know. so i, I used want
1: more <laughs> yeah i have the gray
0: so i use the gray for the body because this woman likes muted colors and then i use the miss babs from my alewives as the stripe oh, in both of the hats and it pretty. looks so pretty yeah and i was showing charlene at the fabric store this beautiful little shell button it has a dark gray circular base and then there's a lighter gray heart shell cut out on the top of it, so I used one of those on each of the hats. So nice. they were really, really pretty. I was
1: super happy with them. Nice. So nice.
0: I have finished those recently as well. So three
1: little FOs. Yay. So we wanted to talk a little bit today about scales and weighing your yarn. Scales as in... Yarn scales. Yarn scales, or just scales that you weigh things. <laughs> when I said that, I was thinking... Fish? Yeah, not, not scales <laughs> on fish, but scales that you use to weigh things. And this discussion is inspired by a listener comment who asked us why we weighed our yarn because we have mentioned this in many episodes because Gail and I are both a little obsessive about weighing our yarn. And I just feel like weighing your yarn can tell you a lot before you actually start your project. If you remember back a few episodes ago when I spoke about some Noro that I had had in my stash for over a year that came to me from a friend who had had it in her stash for several years. I weighed those skeins before I started my project because I did not know exactly how much yarn my project was going to take and I was just trying to figure out exactly what I had and those were brand new skeins and they were they weighed significantly less than labeled. So if I had gone ahead and started my project and was very close on yardage and had known that at the time of purchase, it would have given me the opportunity to perhaps err on the side of buying an extra skein or to just buying more yarn. As a safeguard. As a safeguard, yeah. So just weighing your yarn before you start to make sure that you really do have as much as you think you have is a good option and Gail and I were talking about yarn labels and I don't know what the rules are for yarn but it does seem like most major yarn manufacturers put a yardage and a weight on labels the exception that we both know of is the Madeline Tosh I believe they only put yardage as far as i know yes on labels yes. which is odd because you would think they would put weight if they were only going to put one hm, i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know because My Madeleine Tosh skeins, I have had skeins purchased for the same project. It's the same dye lot, the same color. And I have weighed those skeins skeins and have had, well, the specific instance that I have, it's Tosh Vintage. And I have variants of eight grams between skeins. I think I have seven or eight skeins of it and the the difference between the least heavy and the most heavy is 8 grams. So there can be some variance. So I like to weigh it, I also like to have a starting weight of yarn so that I can figure out how much I've used or Gail and I also like to weigh our finished projects to see exactly how much yarn we've used. And that's also
0: useful information on someone's project page because there are always those projects where, oh, it's a sweater and it takes five skeins of the specific yarn. Well, you can look at people's finished projects and see exactly how much yarn they used Mm -hmm. for their specific size. And if it's the same size you're using and the same yarn base, maybe you can figure out, oh, well, they actually weighed their yarn and they used 4.5 six skeins of yarn so you know if I buy five I'll be safe and it's just that little extra bit of information can be really helpful.
1: I find it very helpful the shawl that we were talking about at the beginning of the show the Imagine When shawl by Hohe Locatelli the pattern calls for a yarn which comes in weights of 500 or not weights it comes in lengths of 500 yards so if a person who made the shawl, then weighed her shawl, was able to tell me, oh, I only used this amount of weight. We can figure out the yardage exactly. and see approximately how much yardage I would need if I were to substitute. It's not always, it's not yeah. always equal. It's not always precise when you're substituting yarns because unless you have a yarn that has the same exact yardage and the same weight, There's always going to be some variance, but it gives you a a more general idea. And some of the other useful
0: bits that you can get from weighing your yarn, depending on the type of project you're doing. I am not a sock knitter, but I know a lot of people like Charlene who knit socks. They weigh their yarn and split it into two equally, Mm -hmm. two balls that weigh exactly the same. So they know exactly how much to knit, how much length to knit for their sock without overdoing it knitting one you know you go an inch deeper into the cuff and then you
1: don't have enough for the second right right or if you're somebody who has come up a little bit short on your yarn and you have x amount left for sleeves and you know that you have you you want to maximize your yarn on your sleeves you can weigh your yarn and use exactly half by weight for each sleeve
0: yep and then also if you're running short on your yarn And you know, for example, you really want long sleeves, then you can also reverse engineer that to know about how long your sweater is going to be. And then you realize, oh, it's really going to be too short. So even though I really want long (laughs) sleeves, I guess I'm going to sacrifice a three-quarter length. So a lot of information you can get just by weighing your yarn. And I've found that the more in practice I get with doing that, the more it helps me plan my own projects. Right. So it's... Kind of a learning process where the more often you do it, the more
1: valuable you find the information to be. And I find it especially useful in hats because hat projects are notorious. People say I used one skein of X yarn.
0: Yeah, of Cascade two twenty. Right. And And
1: how much did you really use? Did you use half a skein or four tenths of a skein or? right so, yes especially Three quarters
0: when, of the skein yeah the pattern itself calls for one 180 of, yards yeah. <laughs> and someone says i used a full skein of cascade 220 right. it's like well you know is that because the pattern
1: is maybe not spot on or is right. your gauge bigger right. or
0: yeah so a yeah. lot of it's really
1: useful information and one of the things i love about ravelry is when i have a weight of some, say i weigh my sweater and you go to your project page. You can put in a weight, and then Ravelry automatically calculates the yardage you used based on that figure from the yarn page that this 50-gram ball has this much yardage. It kind of automatically does the math for you, which I love. Well, (laughs) the
0: way I've done it is, you know, it, it prompts you for how many skeins of yarn you've done. So I kind of, like... Attempted. Okay, I did 0.6, and I see what grams yes. it calculates, yeah. and I keep messing with yes. that number until I, do the, I get the, I do right, the same yeah, thing. The yeah. right I
1: do the same thing. Yep. And then conceivably, you could take that even a step further if you're knitting back and forth, kind of like what you were saying for the body of a sweater. You could figure out how much it, you could weigh your working ball of yarn knit one or two rows or three rows and figure out how many, figure out the weight that is, the difference in weight after you have knit the rows, and then figure out how much yardage you have used to max per row or per three rows, per five rows. Obviously it's going to be better to take an average than just weighing one single row. Well, that's also useful in the case of, you know how some
0: shawls, you end up with a lot of stitches yes. on the needle towards it like your TGV. Yes. And you want to use up as much yarn as you can, but you don't want to run out during your bind-off row. Yeah. So that's another valuable thing that you can determine if you start weighing that ball of yarn that's left while you're knitting those really long rows to determine, okay, one giant row takes about this many grams, so my bind-off is going to take mm-hmm. X number times right. that amount. Right. To make sure you one don't run out of yarn and have to pull out two rows to finish your bind off, and then end up with just a tiny ball of yarn left over instead of, I tend to err on the side of caution and end up with quite a bit of yarn left over right. so that I don't <laughs> run out.
1: Well, and some shawl patterns like the TGV will give you a certain percentage of your yarn that you use for different different shawl sections. Yep, I know that I on the TGV. Yeah, I know that on the TGV the pattern designer recommends that you use 50% of your yarn for the garter stitch section and reserve 50% of your yarn for, for the, ruffle. the ruffle. The only way to do that is, to weigh, is it. to weigh it. Right. So, And I believe that the Autumn
0: Blush pattern by Hohi Locatelli that I knit a while back also and the Aurora Australis shawl by Melinda Ramir both of those had instructions that basically said, knit until you've used up 50% of your oh, yarn, yeah. and then start the decreases so that you have sides that are equal yeah. in length, which yeah. is extremely valuable. Exactly Right. There was a shawl that I knit. So that's another hint. Read the pattern
1: all the way through so yeah. you know that before you start until <laughs> that you weigh your yarn. That's true. And there was another shawl that I knit oh, over a, a couple years ago, I guess, and it was knit. It's a crescent. Another crescent shaped shawl, I think, and it was knit end to end. And one, so one, you're increasing, increasing, and then there's a straight section, and then decreasing, decreasing mm-hmm. to get to the other point. And the pattern author put a percentage for the increase section, and then the straight section, and then the same for the, or a percentage for the decrease section, which was the same as the increase section. But that was that's completely helpful because it it was a one skein shawl and I would be clueless as to where to go because you could, it was one of those shawls that you don't have to make it in the recommended yarn. You, You take whatever you want, whatever you have and make it work.
0: We should start a movement. Any designers who are listening who do shawls, if you could add that to your description, especially on Ravelry, then when we are purchasing shawl some, patterns, yeah. we
1: would know. Some do, they say, if substituting yarn, look for approximately this many yards. So some do, not all do, but it's very helpful. But if we
0: could that. start some kind of standard where it even says in the description on Ravelry, instructions are given, I don't even know how you would phrase it. Yeah, but, I'm not you know, sure either. But yeah, it's there a, must it's be a, a way. Yeah, 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 that would be great because you yeah. would know. Like the Imagine Wind Shawl, if Hohe oh, said there are instructions here where you know if you're knitting with a different yarn base or a different yarn put up, if you change it to or start this at 50% of your skein or something. I don't know yeah. if you could do that with that particular yeah, pattern. I don't know. Probably It'd not. Probably
1: be different because of the geometric yeah, design, but yeah.
0: you know what I mean. It would be really nice if that kind of information was
1: available or if you knew whether it was going to be available yeah. or not. And then in terms of scales i don't have any specific scale that i can recommend i think there are a lot out there you want to make sure that the scale you get is accurate down to fairly light amounts and weighs in grams and weighs in grams and ounces a lot of the electronic kitchen scales work really well but again i would test it out if you can go to the store test it out take little balls of yarn and test it out from scale to scale or Or read online reviews. read online reviews there are a lot out there there are a lot but you just it has to be fairly accurate to small weights digital and have a you know a big enough base or big enough weighing platform that you can put several skeins of yarn on or big enough that in my case, I will often fold up my sweaters and put it on. So I I like to have a base that's large enough to hold a folded up sweater so that I can see how much my actual finished project weighs.
0: I have to start doing that more often. I don't think I've yet weighed my finished projects, which could again be very useful information for someone who's about to start a project. Yeah,
1: it's not I always think that it's not totally accurate because in every project there's a little bit of yarn lost. You have to remember to add in, if you haven't unraveled your swatch, you have to remember to include your swatch as what you've used. And there, when you weave in ends, you snip some and throw it away. So you always have to consider that there's probably a little bit more used than the actual finished object weighs. but Mm -hmm. it's pretty helpful information. (laughs) I'm very happy when people put that in their project pages.
0: So hopefully y'all found that to be useful review of weighing your yarn and scales. (laughs) Thank you for the inspiration from the user comments area. If you ever do have anything you'd like us to talk about, pop it into a thread on our group and we'd be happy to chat about it. And I know Charlene had something really exciting to share about her family. Oh,
1: (laughs) I think it's really exciting. (laughs) Gail encouraged me to share this because in The thread for a previous episode, I shared a link to a video that my son had put up for a championship basketball game that he played in. He shot and made the winning three-point shot in the game. (laughs) It was very exciting. And he
0: played the game where? That's exciting too. That
1: game was at the Santa Cruz Warriors Arena. And then he's playing on a team that is affiliated with the both the Golden State Warriors and the Santa Cruz Warriors. And, and for the last, people who aren't basketball fans, the those, Santa
0: Cruz Warriors is the Golden State Warriors B team,
1: it, right? It's, it's called D League. Oh, They're D League team. It's the lower... It's kind of the pre-pro kind yeah, of? Yeah, like the minor leagues are to baseball. It's kind of the league below. And many of the NBA teams are affiliated with what's called a D-League team so that they can bring players up or send players down to have more play time. And in this past year, this is the first year that Santa Cruz has had a D-League team. And it's very popular here. And so it was really a fun event for for my son to get to play at this arena and And
0: during the halftime they
1: announced that he was the he made the winning game time shot yeah and so he's in the program called the junior warriors and his team was also asked to play before a golden state game last week at at the Golden State Warrior game. So he got at the arena in Oakland. So he also got to play a game on the floor at the really big arena. Of course, it wasn't crowded with people because it was before the game, but it was really exciting for him. And they also put the game up on the jumbotron. And then they, (laughs) the players got to sit on the, on the courtside seats for the play, the young the players Golden State,
0: during the real game, during, right?
1: Well, during the warm ups. they got oh, to sit okay. courtside, and then they had fairly, they had lower level, good seats for the game itself, and they were invited to come on court at halftime and were introduced as the junior warrior team. Very, so, very cool. Those are
0: like memories to last yeah, a lifetime. That's that's
1: my family story for the week. <laughs> very exciting,
0: and this has been. It was going on for a couple weeks between the local game and the game in Oakland. And it was just so, so super exciting to have, you know, our own little local (laughs) basketball rock star. It was fun. Very fun. Okay, well thank you as always for tuning in to this episode. Thank you so much for spending about an hour of your week with us. We yes, appreciate it. We really it.
1: appreciate it. Both Gail and I were so happy to record. We really missed doing it this time. We I look both, forward <laughs> to it. We really look time. forward to it. And I am just want to say thank you everybody who's been participating in our Ravelry group. I'm having such a fun time getting to know people I know, and it's chatting. Fun. Yeah. It's really fun. So if you haven't had a chance to pop on over to our Ravelry group. We tend to have a little discussion going monthly so that people don't fall behind and there aren't threads that contain hundreds of messages you have to catch up on. And then we also have little discussions on a separate thread per each episode. So there's a couple of things you can look at and just jump on in and introduce yourself. We're happy to have you. Yeah, everybody's (laughs) super friendly and helpful and... A great, great
0: group of people in the knitting world. Always I say it all the time and I'll never get tired of saying it. This makes me happy. It's <laughs> yes. a huge smile on my face. Yes. So we hope you had a great week and we'll talk to you next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Happy knitting.
1: You can find us on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com We have a growing Ravelry group and you can follow us on Twitter at Yarniax. Goodbye and good